Welcome to another edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Today is October 25th, 2016, and I am your host, William Hill. Today we have the pleasure of sitting down and talking with a graduate of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. This is our first edition of really a special series of interviews and discussions with men who have graduated from Greenville Seminary and what they're doing currently, where the Lord has placed them, whether it's uh, here in the United States pastoring or overseas in mission work or wherever it might be. And so today is really the first edition of that. We, we've been trying to get this scheduled for weeks, but uh, in the Lord's providence, uh, we're doing it today. And so we're going to be talking with Lowell Ivey. He is a recent graduate of Greenville Seminary and currently ministering at Reformation Presbyterian Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And for many of you, you know that I spent about 13 years in that area, so it's, it's almost as though I'm, I'm there, as, a, as it were, and, and very familiar with the area and what's going on there. But more about that in just, just a minute. Let me tell everybody what's uh, going on with the podcast. Um, as usual, it's a weekly production of Greenville Seminary, and um, we have many great guests coming up on the program. And, in fact, we're beginning to rev up, we're beginning to... Um, get prepared to do a number of interviews on uh, on the Spring Theology Conference that will be held in March of next year uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. So we'll, as we've always done for the last four years, we, we try to get uh, conference speakers on the program to do a synopsis, a little snapshot of what they're going to be lecturing on at the conference to whet the appetite of the listeners and, um, and to encourage people to come to the conference and get the full-blown edition as well as the fellowship and, of course, the book tables or book, book room, as it turns out, and um, spend money. Um, it's always a great time to get together with other brothers and sisters in Christ. So that's a little of what's going on in the podcast. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, confessingourhope.com. Of course, if you want to know more information about Greenville Seminary, you can go to the website, gpts.edu. So as I said, we're going to be talking with Lowell Ivey. He's a recent graduate of Greenville Seminary, and he's the organizing pastor of Reformation Presbyterian Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So Lowell, it's good to have you on, and we finally got through our technical problems, and now we're able to do this thing, I think. <laughs> it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Lowell, you have a very, um, I don't want to say strange, I mean, that's not the right word, interesting um, testimony, if that's the right word, but background as, as to how the Lord worked in your life and brought you to this place where now, now you're pastoring a church in, in, in an area I grew uh, spent a lot of time. But why don't you tell the listeners about your background? And it's a great story, and I, I always, always enjoy hearing it. Um, so why don't you tell the listeners about your background, how the Lord brought you from where you were to where you are now, and then we'll go from there. Sure. Well, I always tell people that uh, it's not my testimony, it's the Lord's testimony. Mm-hmm. And he, he is the one who has set me free in Christ. But he did that in a prison cell. Uh, I was in prison for 15 and a half years from the age of 19 uh, for armed robbery in uh, Texas. And the Lord, uh, in his sovereign mercy and grace reached down into a solitary confinement cell where I had been uh, placed for my membership in a prison gang, a white supremacist gang. Um, The Lord opened my eyes to uh, his love for me in Christ and my need for a savior, uh, the depth of my sin, and uh, I fell on my knees by my prison bunk and uh, just 
wept and asked him to make me a new person. Mm. And that's what he did. And so, so sorry. yeah, so so that was the beginning of, of, um, of my, uh, I guess you could say, the beginning of my journey to ministry. Uh, of course, it was many years later that I even began to think about ministry, but uh, it was in prison that the Lord set me free. Yeah, you remind me of another man that everybody's familiar with. Um, I know you're not going to like this, and, you're, and, and I know you well enough to know that you're not going to like this, but it reminds me of the Apostle Paul, who was, as he, in his own words, he was an insolent opponent of the gospel. He was a blasphemer, a persecutor of Christians, and yet Christ, in his mercy, met him and saved him. And I guess we, we all have similar stories, maybe to one degree or another, like that. Um, but uh, I, it has always amazed me uh, to think about that, part of your life and and knowing you as well as I did uh, for those who don't know Lowell and I were pretty much classmates I think you graduated one year before I did if I remember correctly Um, and so we had a chance to interact quite often at the seminary and so I can tell you um, this man really loves the Lord and and is a very humble um, follower and servant of Christ and and I know Lowell's embarrassed for me to say that because that's the kind of man he is but I'm so thankful for the Lord's work in your life, and it was very evident as we even labored together side by side in class and in, in, at seminary. Um, well, I couldn't have learned Greek and Hebrew without you. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I think you're being overly kind. Um, I'm still learning Greek and Hebrew anyway. Uh, me too. Um, yeah, every sure. day. Um, I'm so thankful for it, though. But. So you, you, you left prison, you, you were, now were you paroled or did you just serve your entire sons? I did parole, um, I had uh, a 17-year sentence, and so I can remember the day that that sentence was handed down, by that time I was 20, uh, and just sitting there in the courtroom and the jury, uh, I'd already been found guilty, but the jury handing down uh, a sentence. Uh, actually, the judge gave me the sentence, but the, but it was on the jury's recommendation of 17 years in the penitentiary, mm. and uh, I can just remember thinking that my life was over, um, that uh, that I had nothing now to live for, and I thought of all the possibilities of you know what could happen in prison and whether I would even. Uh, whether I would even survive, and so it was. Uh, it was a sobering day, to say the least. But uh, it wasn't until many years later that uh, that the Lord, you uh, know, in, in His mercy and grace, um, as I said, changed my heart and and, and set me on a on a, a road full of uh, hope, and and uh, I could see some light at the end of the tunnel, even even if I. Uh, you know, even if I had to serve my whole sentence, um, I was I was ready to do that because I knew that I was able to serve him right where I was. Mm, yeah, it's it's a great story, and as you said, it's really a story of the Lord's kindness and faithfulness to unworthy sinners. Now, after you got out of prison, um, I don't know, I remember exactly the timeline, but somewhere in that area, you 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 started to attend another school. Mike. Yes, that's right. I, I started to, to attend uh, Redeemer 
seminary, which was in Dallas. Um, uh, so in 2010, I started there. And, and what had happened was I had gotten out of prison in 2009 on parole and was wanting to, by that time, wanting to go to seminary, thinking mainly that I would try to uh, be engaged in full-time prison ministry because I had a heart for mm-hmm. reformed prison ministry. I, I'd seen a lot of prison ministry, and almost none of it was reformed. There was almost no reformed ministry whatsoever to speak of, and uh, and I really had a burden for that. And so I uh, started attending Redeemer in Dallas after joining uh, an OP congregation in uh, Longview, Texas. My pastor was Phil Hodson, and he in the session there uh, encouraged me to think about uh, Redeemer as a possibility. And so I started there, and uh, then my wife and I, my wife May and I met in 2010. We got married in 2011, and by that time I was off parole. And so I could start thinking about leaving the state. And uh, I had uh, been hearing about this place called Greenville Seminary. And uh, the more that I uh, heard about it, the more I was interested. In, and I actually went to one of the, the conferences, uh, 2011 Spring Conference, right before May and I got married. And mm-hmm. it was at the conference. It was a conference on the Holy Spirit. And I can remember uh, Ryan McGraw speaking, and um, it was just uh, an amazing conference. The work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer and the life of the church. And I had uh, come to Greenville Seminary not knowing if that was going to be the seminary that I would go to. And I, I left thinking, how could I go anywhere else? Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, amazing. Now, have you heard about Redeemer in recent news? I have. I actually just read an article about it um, just the other day, and uh, I wasn't aware. I was aware of some things that were going on, but I wasn't aware uh, that the seminary was looking at shutting its doors. Yeah. Um, Apparently, RTS is going to put a uh, campus there, so they're going to fill the fill the void. If that's I have my, if I, yeah, if I have my facts straight, anyway, I might not, but I think that's right. Well, some, some right. The article, I, you know, and I was, I was saddened to, to, uh, to hear that. Uh, I made a lot of good friends there at Redeemer. Yep. And, um, and even uh, some of the professors there were very close friends. There was one professor in particular who treated me uh, like a brother in Christ, and um, you know, knew that I was right out of prison. I had a lot of needs. And he did things like uh, he, he, he knew that I didn't have a printer, and so he bought me a printer, hmm. Uh, hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So um, so I'm very thankful for the men there. I had some differences of opinion with some of my professors, and, and I think that was part of what led me to think about going to another seminary. But, uh, but, I, but I'm also very thankful for my time there. Sure. <clears throat> now, what was it? There was probably many, and you could probably spend all day talking about this, but what was it about Greenville Seminary that most attracted you at that particular point in your life? Well, at that point, when I went to the conference, uh, I was looking for a seminary that would be both academically rigorous and that would also um, uh, train me uh, not just in, in preaching and teaching, but would train me in godliness. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, I, I, I believed, just like uh, 
Robert Murray McShane has has said that the greatest need of uh, a congregation is their pastor's holiness. Yep, yep. And so I didn't know what to expect from Greenville Seminary. I heard about it actually from my wife's father. And um, and so it was at that conference that I really began to think, okay, this is a seminary where all of those things that I'm looking for in a seminary are there, uh, a place where where pastors are trained by other pastors, um, not just uh, academics, but but uh, pastor scholars. Yep. And um, I was I was very thankful for that model, and and, uh, and that was just one of the things. There, there's it would be hard for me to really um, uh, enumerate all the different reasons that led me to finally decide on Greenville Seminary. Now, now looking back on my time at the seminary, a big part of, of what I will tell people, uh, especially those who are thinking about Presbyterian ministry, uh, ministry in the pres, you know, in, in, in one of the conservative Presbyterian denominations, is that uh, I can think of no seminary that prepares you specifically for that task better than Greenville Seminary. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, I echo that. I think the the, the value of pastor professors, if you want to use that phrase, um, can't be overstated because how many times in classes did we hear the professors relate some theological issue or what to a practical issue in the church where they personally had experience dealing with that and and you guys are going to have this situation that's going to come up and and you know so there was a lot of practical things working with the theological training that we got they were going they, it was they were going side by side all the way down the track and I always found that to be very helpful um, um, going through the four-year program of course, I, the, the preaching curriculum at the seminary, I think, is is really second to none. Um, I'm so thankful for the <laughs> arduous and the difficult difficult critiques we all received um, from from each other <laughs> and from our professor. Um, and and you and I, I think, if I remember correctly, we we had Dr. Piper from day one, so we had That's Dr. Right. Piper from from intro all the way through to the end. And so, That's right. It was yeah. a time to, to be at the seminary it really was it was it was well you, you graduated in let's see this is 2015 so you graduated in 2014 uh 2015 or I, yeah well, I, I graduated 2015 because right, this is 2016 i'm a year behind yep so i, I served a year-long internship at covenant community church there in taylor's right now that was an opc congregation as well that's right and who's uh, the pastor there Pastor Van Dudeward, Peter Van Dudeward is, is still the pastor there, and uh, I served there at, at uh, again, a unique time when uh, we had another pastor there, a minister from Eritrea, who is also a Greenville graduate, uh, who has uh, a unique story of his own. Oh, yeah. Uh, served time in in prison as well, but not for committing any crime for, for the sake of the gospel, and so mm-hmm. I was able to uh, be discipled by by two uh, two men who are not only uh, excellent preachers but just men of God. Yep. And so you did this year long intern. You stayed after you graduated. You stayed in Taylor's and did this. And then, um, how did the <clears throat> the opportunity for for planning a church, um, organ being the organizing pastor in Virginia Beach? How did that come together? 
Well, it it wasn't something that I ever really expected. I, you know, we had been hearing about and praying about the mission work in Virginia Beach for some time, and uh, I I had so I'd been thinking about it in those terms. You know, we have at Covenant Community Church we had a, a midweek prayer meeting every Wednesday night, and we would often pray for certainly all the mission works uh, in our presbytery and uh, throughout the denomination. But uh, we heard about Reformation Virginia Beach uh, repeatedly, and we prayed often for them. But uh, the first time that I really began to consider it seriously was right before I started my internship. I got a call from our regional home missionary, Lacey Andrews, uh, regional home missionary of the Presbytery of the Southeast. And he was asking me, had I thought about Virginia Beach? Uh, I was getting ready to graduate from the seminary. What was I going to do next? Was I, you know, had I thought about it? And uh, I, I told him that uh, I was really already committed at that point to an internship. And uh, so at that point, it really didn't look like anything was going to happen. I, I, I assumed that they would have by the time that I got done with my internship, that they would have found their pastor. They were actively looking for a pastor. Mm. and um, uh, But that didn't happen. Uh, by the end of my internship, um, they had not yet found a pastor. And uh, so the opportunity was still there. I, I talked again to, to Lacey Andrews, and I, I said, um, you know, I'm getting close to the end of the internship and need to think about what's next. Uh, can I... Uh, put my MIF before you again. That that's the ministerial information form that um, that uh, is certainly minute getting to the end of their time in seminary know a lot about. You're, yeah. It's kind of a, an application form. You fill out. Um, you know. You answer lots of questions about uh, how you understand certain parts of the Word of God and and what's your philosophy of ministry and those kinds of things. And um, so I put that in uh, in front of the church and and I waited. And um, of course, I think you, as as uh, as my other friends here at Greenville know, that can be a, a long wait sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I waited. I waited on the Lord. My wife and I prayed about it. I had um, I had another interview in, in the time being with another church. Um, but then in January, I had an interview with uh, Reformation Virginia Beach. It was the session uh, together with. A couple members of the congregation uh, for the pastoral search committee, and um, we we had a good talk, and they invited me uh, eventually to come out in February of 2016, and um, and spend about 10 days preaching, teaching, visiting in in member families' homes, and getting to know everybody, and it was after that. Uh, a week later that the congregation, uh, by the grace of God, the congregation uh, called me and uh, asked me to come. And uh, even then, I still had um, exams and and that sort of thing, so uh, still wasn't settled yet. Uh, had my exams in April, and uh, the exams were sustained by the Presbytery of the Southeast, and, uh, and then we moved here in May. You you received your call um, to Virginia Beach about the same time I received my call to Landis. I think I remember that, actually. We were very close 
yeah. um, February time frame or so. And um, so that was neat. When I heard you got called to Virginia Beach, it reminded me of a story. Um, when I moved from Western New York, I was in the OPC. Uh, for those who don't know, the OPC is the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. I was in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Western New York. I moved my family to Virginia for a job. Um, I, did, I was so green uh, when it came to Presbyterianism and Reformed, the Reformed faith. I didn't, I didn't realize there was 8,000 Presbyterian denominations on the planet. I thought there were, I thought there were two. Um, there was the Presbyterian Church United States, which was liberal, and then the OPC, which is, is, was conservative. That, that's all, that, was my, that was my field of vision when I moved to uh, Virginia Beach. And so I got the yellow pages out, you know, those yellow pages, for, if you're old enough to remember the yellow pages. I opened up the yellow pages, looked Orthodox Presbyterian Church. There wasn't a single one. So That's I was right. like, what am I supposed to do now? I don't know what to do. I, where am I going to go to church? And so I called a friend of mine who was in the OPC, and I said, I don't know what to do. Uh, there's no OPC church in Virginia Beach. And he said, uh, well, is there a PCA church? I'm like, PCA, what's that? I, I didn't know any different. I was so green. <laughs> and, and as you well know, there's, there's, I don't know how many PCA churches in the area, um, but there was no OPC church. The closest OPC church uh, back in 1998 was three hours away. And I was like, well, I'm not driving three hours to church every, every Sunday. That's insanity. So, yeah. um, well, that's still about the closest uh, other OP congregations. So, so in terms of proximity, uh, you know, we've got, as you said, there are a number of uh, good, sound PCA congregations in the area. Uh, even the congregation that you ended up attending, I know which one you're you're going to say, uh, Emmanuel. Yep. Uh, my wife and I have have worshipped there, and um, and very thankful for for the ministry of that church. So okay, so you've been in Virginia Beach for let's see, uh, how long now? Uh, we have been here since May. And uh, I was ordained May 27th, and I began officially in June, June 1st. Yep, you got you got ordained one day before I did. I got Is that right? Well, yeah, my well, ordination I, was also on my birthday. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you'll so, never forget. You can't forget it now, then. Samuel um, Samuel Miller says that uh, you know he he says someplace that um, the two days that he remembers are his birthday and his ordination date, and I get to have both of them on the same day. Yeah, I remember Dr. Piper, he, he, he did something with your ordination. Did he, pre- did he preach the sermon or do the charge? Or He, he gave the charge, yeah. And, and then he had a drive from Virginia Beach to go down, to Europe, yeah. down to Marion, North Carolina, the next day to, to preach the ser- my ordination service. So he was pretty, by the time he got here, he was pretty tired. In fact, it's the first time, I'm not trying to embarrass Dr. Piper, but it's the first time I can remember him coming in. His bow tie wasn't even tied yet. He was still working on it as he got into the building. So, uh, well, I mean, I just appreciate it. Well, it's just the, you know, he's, he's always been very good to the students that have graduated and he's been very faithful man to help them, encourage them in that next big step. And um, it is a big step. And so I was, I couldn't think of anybody else that would preach my ordination service at all um frankly um i was just very thankful that that he made the drive down and spent the night um locally in a hotel and then came that that afternoon and so so how's the work going where where are you right now uh, many people probably don't know the process but you know you, you start as a mission work and then you end up you, you're working towards particularization we did a podcast many months ago on the process so i'm not going to rehash that but where are you right now in your process well we're in, in, in one sense, we're, we're early on, uh, 
but in another sense, we're not, because the, the church is made up of uh, a solid, mature uh, core group of people who, who understand the Reformed faith um, and, and are very committed to the Scriptures, the, um, the Westminster Confession of Faith and Catechisms, to the regulative principle of worship, all of these things, very committed to that. And so uh, there's a lot of groundwork that, that in one sense, I don't even have to do. Um, and and uh, there are also a number of men who, you know, are really, as far as I'm concerned, very, very close to being ready for, uh, to be elders and deacons in the church. So, so we have men who who are uh, who really don't need that much training. In fact, some of them, uh, and I'm thinking of one in particular, could could train me on how to be an elder in the church. He's been an elder for quite some time. So um, and, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, also happens to be a, a board member at Greenville Seminary. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> but uh, but so I have I have a uh, a lot of help, um, if I can put it that way. And so, um, so I'm very thankful for that. Um, but as, as you're mentioning the process, what we really need to have is we need to have a church that is able to stand on its own two feet. And uh, that means that we need to have men who are able to lead in the church, elders and deacons. Uh, we need to have... Um, we need to have the financial stability that uh, that uh, that a church uh, you know uh, needs to have. Mm-hmm. So um, so those are the kinds of things that we're that we're working towards, um, uh, and and I think that we're moving at a good pace towards those goals. Uh, the other thing for us is we we don't have our own building, and we're meeting in two separate locations. Uh, so we have a morning service and an evening service in two different locations, and, and that, in some sense, is kind of a hindrance to to uh, things like having classes and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, so one of the goals is, uh, in fact, one of the first things we done. The first thing that we did was we established a prayer meeting, um, and that prayer meeting is it happens every Wednesday in my home. And the reason that I wanted to start there was because I believe that um, the the ministries of the church would only be blessed if God's people were praying together corporately for the ministries of the church, for the pastor and for and for the work of the church and for one another, mm-hmm. uh, bearing one another's burdens in that way. And so I, I believe strongly in in the need for corporate prayer. And so that's why I started first with uh, with a prayer meeting. But now the next um, thing that we've been focusing on is is the building search. And so we've established uh, the session has established uh, a building search committee made up of members of the congregation, and we're we're working through that process right now. It's it's taking a while. It, you know, real estate in Virginia Beach, as you know, is not cheap. Nope. Uh, land is scarce, and uh, and good land is even scarcer because you know we've just had a storm, and that storm was a was a reminder of how easily it floods here. So uh, oh yeah, so we're you know we're we're in an area that that getting good land is is difficult and 
And, um, and then the other thing is that um, church buildings, because of the scarcity of land, uh, church buildings tend to get zoned out of existence um, and, and, and get replaced by things that can produce tax revenues. So, so these are the kinds of things that, uh, that we're up against. But we're also, we also believe that God is sovereign and he's going to direct our steps to the place that he has for us. Yep. Where are you looking to put, I mean, if, if you could drop the, a, a church on a piece of land tomorrow, where would you drop it? Uh, well, there's an area which I'm sure you're aware of. It's called Kempsville, mm-hmm. and it's sort of the heart of Virginia Beach between three cities, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, and Chesapeake. And we have members in all three of those cities, and so it would be very advantageous to us if we could find something in in Kempsville, which is actually where I live too. Yeah, I was going to say and that's not a, uh, that's not all that far from where you live. That's right. That's right. That would be really ideal, at least for the pastor. <laughs> yes. Well, and the thing is, I probably am going to have to move at some point. So you know, we're um, the the house that I that I live in. I'm I'm renting, and the owner is not planning to sell. So. We're just waiting to see where the church is going to end up before we, before we find you know before we decide where we're going to actually live. Gotcha. So, so we're we're kind of camping out in one sense. Yep. Where are you current? Why don't you tell the listeners and and you know it's likely people from the Hampton Roads. That's those who don't know Hampton. It used to be called Tidewater, and so the old timers there still call it Tidewater. But the the more uh, I don't know what the word is. Modern people, that's not fair. Um, you call it Hampton Roads, but the Hampton Roads is like the conglomeration of the entire area. Virginia Beach, North, Norfolk, Portsmouth, Suffolk, even Williamsburg, Ham, uh, Newport News, um, Hampton. I left right. one out. Chesapeake, I, I'm sure I left one out. But it's that whole area. It's a pretty big area, I mean, as far as population, but it's actually a very small area as far as square mileage. I mean, everybody's just kind of jammed into this one corner of the state. But um, That's right. So why don't you tell the listeners, um, undoubtedly we have listeners from that area, why don't you tell them where you're currently meeting in the morning and then in the afternoon, and then you've mentioned the prayer meeting already, but why don't you tell them about your locale, at least as far as the worship services? You bet, and, and and of course you mentioned the size of the area. The, the the Tidewater area or the Hampton Roads area has a population of upwards of one and a half million people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the reasons why the Orthodox Presbyterian Church was uh, was seeking to plant a church here because we 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 knew that there were already some Reformed churches here, but the number of Reformed churches in this area is like point eight. Or maybe 0.08. I can't remember what the figure was, but just a tiny, less than one percent um, number of actual churches in the area, and uh, and and so there's a there's a vast population here, and and something like 62.4 percent of people in this area claim no religious affiliation whatsoever, mm. uh, and part of that I think has to do with the transient nature of the community. You know, you've got um, a lot of military people. It's a vacation spot, a retiree uh, place. So, um, so that's you know that's one of the reasons why we're here. Um, there's a there's just this huge population that needs to be reached. We we do meet in the mornings across from uh, Mount Trashmore, which Bill, as you know, is is ac- actually at one time was a was a landfill. Well, hence the name. 
Trash Mount. I was going to comment on that for those who were like, that's kind of a weird name to name a mountain. It's actually not a mountain. It's a hill. And right. And it was a garbage dump. It was actually a landfill at one time that Virginia Beach converted to something actually very nice. So, um, so we're right across from there. Um, it's, it's, it's a great park. People, people use it. Um, you know, people by the hundreds are out there, Mm -hmm. uh, walking, jogging, bicycling, uh, you know, flying kites on, on the mountain of trash. It's actually, you know, a beautiful landscaped uh, uh, hill. And, um, and we've actually had the opportunity to do some evangelism out there at Mount Trashmore since we're, we're right there, we're right across from uh, that. We're in a building called the Fleet Reserve Center in the mornings. Uh, we're, in some sense, we're kind of outgrowing that building and, uh, and we need to find something else. But the location is excellent in terms of meeting people and, um, and, and inviting them to worship with us. Um, so the Fleet Reserve Center is a Naval Retiree Association. Uh, then in the evenings, we, we worship uh, at a place called the Indian Lakes Community Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is uh, closer to where I live, uh, about five minutes from my home. And, uh, and, and it's in some, in some ways, it's a better facility for us. Uh, we have more room, and it's uh, a nicer-looking facility. We have more space for child care and th- those sorts of things. But, um, but ultimately, we'd like to find a building of our own and, and not be renting. Now, you mentioned, of course, the prayer meeting. You have it at your house. Um, now, do you have a website? We do. It's www.reformation, and then you've got a dash there, dash opc.org. So reformation-opc.org. Uh, and we're also on Twitter and Facebook. And um, Except you're not on Facebook. I'm not, uh, <laughs> which is, I know that sounds ironic, but, uh, but the church is, and, um, and, and, you know, we found it to be uh, an excellent way for the church to to be known by people and 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 to to put some information out and even uh, have links to our sermons on twitter and that sort of thing so uh those are those have been useful uh outlets for us sure are, are you on sermon audio we are that's right yes very good all right so so just for the listener's sake um if you are interested in um if you do live in that area, or even if you're going to vacation in Virginia Beach and looking for a place to go to church on the Lord's Day, um, they, in the morning they're currently meeting at the Fleet Reserve Center, and that's uh, that's in Virginia Beach, uh, not all that far from Mount Trashmore. The evenings they're meeting at the Indian Lakes Community Center. It's in the Indian Lakes area. Uh, it's not all that far from Kempsville, but anyway, um, they're meeting there. And then um, their website, if you want to get you know the specific directions and all that information, it's it's uh, reformation.opc.org. Reformation-opc.org. And so, but that information will be on the show notes section of the podcast um, when this actually gets released into the general public. Um, there's something else I wanted to ask you in relationship to, oh, your service times. <laughs> yes, that would be helpful, wouldn't it? Yes. 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Very good. 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Now, I'll ask you the million-dollar question. It's the question everybody gets when you go to Presbyterian or you go to any conference and you, they find out you're a pastor of some church. and they, I already know what it is. And here's the question. How many people are attending? <laughs> well, was, that, was that the question? 
Yeah, well, it, it comes in different forms, of course, but right. but yes, um, and and of course we we always very you know try to be very humble and say, well, the the numbers don't matter. It's just that our people are growing, and right. it's and it's true. It's it, that that really is true, but I am thankful to the Lord um, that uh, that the church has now uh, over fifty members. Um, we just reached that mark uh, last month. And um, what, what's happened since I've gotten here is that uh, the Lord has added uh, a few families to the church, including my own. And um, we've even seen um, there's one family in particular that we're very thankful for that um, that uh, May and I met through uh, responding to a Craigslist ad for furniture that uh, is visiting with us that has little exposure uh, to the gospel or to the reformed faith, so we're we're praying for them as well. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm reminded of some of those situations even in my own ministry here in Marion, where you know, as I tell my wife, I said every time I go out into the community, it, it's an opportunity to talk to people about the Lord and about the church, yeah. what we're doing. Um, you know, it's it, it's like my private life doesn't exist. You know, I. Yeah. You, you, you can't go into the store and I was jokingly told my wife recently I said you can't you know you go to Walmart and you know the lines are through the back wall and you, you just kind of stand there and get aggravated it's like what's going on it's like you just can't you know you just got to be because you never, you never know who's going to that's right. Who you're going to run into who you you know Craigslist opportunity. Um, you're talking to somebody in a long line at Walmart, whatever you know. You take advantage of those kinds of opportunities. So that's great. Um, but. Well, I'm glad you got a mega church going there in Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> well, by OP standards, we we may not be too far from that. No, here by my standards, you're not too far from that. Um, many know that um, the church I pastor is somewhat smaller, um, but it's at six years no pastor, so these things happen. But again, you know what 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 um, Lowell said. It's not about the numbers. Um, if the Lord is pleased to bless. A church with 500 people that's his business and if he's not you know the, the the important thing is that the gospel's being preached and people are growing in the lord and yeah. you're reaching the community for the gospel i mean that's that's what we're here for you know the great commission applies domestically as it does internationally and, well, and, and i just i just um uh you know dr piper always tells his students to preach through the gospel of mark first yep and so that's what i've been doing and and we've been in mark chapter four the kingdom parables and so it's very fresh on my mind, the fact that the Lord is the one who grows his church. The, the parable of the, the growing seed and the mustard seed, uh, it's, it's very clear, uh, especially in that parable of the growing seed, that the, that the one, the, the farmer in that parable doesn't do anything to cause the seed to grow. It's, yep. it's, uh, it's the work of the Lord himself. Yeah, I wonder if we're probably are we the only two students that actually took Dr. Piper's advice to preach through Mark the first time? <laughs> I know others who have done it. Because I, I did it right away. I mean, when I was state at Supply here, I started in Mark. I said, I'm not just starting Mark. I mean, I might as well just go. And yeah. um, I'm very thankful for doing it. I'm about halfway, well, I'm a little more than halfway through now. I don't think we'll ever get out of Mark. I sometimes wonder if I'll ever see another book of the Bible in my <laughs> ministry. Uh, I take breaks. Uh, yeah. After a number of weeks in a row in Mark, I'll take a couple week break and do something different. But yeah. um, just because, probably for my own my own sanity. Morning. Then in the evenings, uh, I, I started out with the Book of Haggai, uh, and went from there to the Book of Jonah, mm. and uh, almost done with the Book of Jonah, and and we'll be taking a little bit of break and doing a, a topical textual series on. 
thankfulness in the Christian life. Outstanding. Well, it sounds like the Lord's really blessing you and your family and the work there. I, I know a number of people that go to your church, of course, and I've known them, at least one family I've known for many years um, that I know are being blessed by being there. And um, I hear a lot of great things that are happening there. How can the community at large pray for Reformation um, OPC? Well, please pray for us that the, that the Lord would continue to grow us in holiness, in love for his word, in love for his truth, uh, that, uh, that the ladies who uh, are pregnant right now, that they would have safe deliveries. Mm. Uh, we, we see the Lord's hand at work in growing his church in that way as well. Through I was the just going to say, that's a surefire way to, to grow the church. Yes, and, and my wife is one of those ladies right now, yes. so very thankful for that. Absolutely. Um, and then, and then the other thing, of course, is the building search committee. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I keep reminding our people that um, uh, that this is not just about a building. Uh, this is about a place that we might worship the Lord our God uh, in spirit and in truth, and that our children and our grandchildren after us might have a place to worship Him. Fantastic. Well, Lowell, I, I told you half an hour. We've gone a little bit longer than that, but uh, it's always good to talk to you about what the Lord's doing um, and your background and, and then where the Lord's brought you. Um, it's really amazing. Um, people say there is no God, but then you talk to a man like yourself and you see what the Lord has done, uh, all on his own good pleasure. Um, and, and then to see how it's impacting now other people uh, for the good of Christ's kingdom, the gospel, um, an area that, as you mentioned, uh, less than 1%, uh, well, 60-some-odd percent don't even profess any religion of any kind. Um, you know, what, it reminds me what the Lord said, the, the harvest is white, it, it's, it's, it just needs laborers, and, and we're just, a, you're a means of, of equipping laborers to go into the, into the field, I'm a, I'm a means to do that, uh, we don't do it by ourselves by any means, and, um, and it's great to see that that's happening there. Um, it's about 13 years, well, 17 years too late for me. Um, but in the Lord's providence, that was his means of pulling me into the PCA because that's all I had an option for. But now, with the OPC there and its strong reform presence, um, just pray that the Lord will bless it mightily for the good of his kingdom um, and for the glory of his name. And it, it, the Lord deserves the greatest of efforts from his people. And um, so it's good to see it happening. Um, there in a, in a sea of transient, as you mentioned, transient people. You've got, you got a huge opportunity with the naval base, the biggest naval base in the world. Um, and you got the marine amphibious base not that far away. Um, you got uh, Oceana with all, those, right. with all those hotshot pilots. That's um, why I don't want to live out by the beach. Hey, man, you know what I used to say when I lived <laughs> there? Everybody would complain about the jet noise. You know what I would say? It's the sound of freedom. That's true. <laughs> that's it. It I mean, is the that we pay. That's right. Yeah, I, you know, I, you know, but I got I, to the I'm point where think, I didn't even hear it. But I am thankful I don't live right under those jets. So no, it it can, yeah, it gets loud. Yeah, go out to Oceana. Well, you don't play golf, but if you play golf, you go out to Oceana and play their golf course. You you'll find out real quick how loud it can get. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been fun talking with you and catching Thanks up. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, I really and appreciate it. we'll pray that the Lord will continue to work and use this discussion to uh, bring awareness to the church's presence there in Virginia Beach as well as um, others uh, across the country and, uh, and around the world to pray for 
uh, the Lord to bless and, and create much fruit from the labors that are currently going on there. Good talking to you, Bill. You bet. Hold on the line just a second. Let me wrap things up. Coming up on the program, I, I don't even have it in front of me. So the best thing to do is just go to our website, confessingourhope.com. I'm sure there's something coming up. I just don't remember what it is off the top of my head which is no big deal. So just go to the website and you will get all the information you need and probably more so um, there at the website. Don't forget about the, uh, the seminary website, gpts.edu. In addition to that, um, start thinking about the Spring Theology Conference. I know it's October, almost November, but March is going to be here before you know it. And so start thinking about maybe making plans to come to the Spring Theology Conference this year. The conference will be geared around the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther is the main theme of the conference. So um, begin to make plans now if you are interested in any way. Again, you can get more information about the conference at the website gpts.edu. So until next time, we do thank you for listening to this particular edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. And God bless.